0: Welcome, one and all, to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me, I got my co-host, James. Hello. And today, we're talking about Volume 14 of To Your Eternity, just continuing on in the present day. I, I guess, Uh, any any opening words or anything before we get into the characters?
1: No, I mean, no, not really. Just (laughs) it's it's fun. It's fun being in the modern day. It is after spending so long and before, and you know,
0: it's totally
1: different worries uh for sure then i feel fushi and and the people around them had to deal with
0: exactly and yeah so i'll I'll definitely look forward to talking about all of those worries as we get through the character discussions starting with fushi as always seeing fushi describe hayase in a positive light or like trying to describe hayase in a positive light to (laughs) mizuha was something i thought was pretty interesting like fun to see that i mean obviously she really was a villain Mm-hmm. But as I think we also talked about back in like volume 5 and 6, she wasn't 100% pure evil even though she absolutely, you know, was evil. Right. Um but it, it it was fun to see Fushi like yeah, trying his best to to find her her good qualities, I suppose.
1: Right. And it was a little uncomfortable actually hear mm. hear him kind of say those things. Uh, but there was truth to them and and as we mentioned long ago she has this ability to have people like kind of rally behind her and she's yeah. a, she's kind of a born leader in that sense um or was a born leader in that sense right but obviously fushi was lying in in a way or or at least stretching the truth and and yeah changing the narrative so so as to not make uh, Musaha feel bad about who her ancestor was.
0: For sure. Although
1: yeah. I I think she figured or maybe maybe started to figure later on that perhaps Hayase was not thought as um highly by Fushi and, and his disciples.
0: Right. Yeah, I wonder about that actually. I wonder how much insight she she got into that cuz I I guess I c- I really could see it either way with her like her h- how she understood that.
2: Mhm.
1: It was smart of Fushi to not, say, you know, say the terrible things about Hayase. Not give give the complete backstory at that point in time. Maybe yeah. later on he tells tells the truth about who Hayase was.
0: Exactly. But, um, right. At least
1: for now, it it makes sense.
0: And and actually now, I, now that I've thought about it a little more, I, I guess there is good reason to believe Mizuha does have some insight into it because because of her. Well she she seemed to to understand it at least to some extent when she was talking to Tonari when Tonari made it clear that she didn't want to be friendly with Mizuha. Yeah. Mizuha understood that it was because of her lineage.
1: That was the moment I was thinking of.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that that's what slipped my mind earlier, but yeah, I feel like yeah, she she does understand it pretty well probably. But yes, we did get to see the video of Fushi getting hit by the truck. Like And I I brought that (laughs) up last time as maybe that'll cause some issues. It didn't necessarily cause issues, but, or at least not yet. (laughs) Um, But it was nice to see that again in this volume. But then there was also that other video of that person falling from a bridge and seemed to have similar powers to Fushi. Now, I feel like there's, or I, I have two theories about this. I mean, maybe there's one that's sort of intended by the volume to be the, well, the theory. And it's, I guess, the idea that this person might be played by, an, by, by a knocker. like it's Because, because that, that was the thing that was brought, brought up in this, in this volume, obviously, with uh, knockers sort of impersonating humans. So I, I, I was at mm-hmm. first thinking that maybe, or when that was brought up, I was thinking that maybe that was what that person was, the one who fell from the bridge in that video. But then we got to see that blonde girl at school, who also appeared briefly in the previous book, uh, I think her name was Funa and she fell and and her her wound healed. I Didn't get a knocker vibe from her. I obviously I could be completely wrong in this Assumption, but I just didn't feel like mm-hmm. she was a knocker. I guess I, I Just feel like she might have been something entirely different And so that got me thinking again that maybe the person who fell from the, from the bridge might also not necessarily be a knocker. I Don't know Because I also had this thought that what if the beholder created other immortals
2: hmm
0: like what if fushi isn't the only one and what if they're or well i i don't know i i, I don't know man I'm, I'm i'm a little bit at loss because it also feels weird that 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 girl in school would be an immortal similar to fushi so well, i'm not yeah uh, what, what what do you what do you make of all of this namely i guess the girl in at, at, at school and the guy in the video who fell from the bridge like those two specifically
1: Right. Mm. Uh, well, first off, when I saw that the guy got back up after falling off the bridge, I was like, wait, what? I was just as confused as Fuji, obviously. <laughs> and, and just like, what? I don't understand that. And honestly, I didn't even think about that guy until my reread. And I was like, oh, because the knocker. And so what my thinking is mm. he, the guy committed suicide or, or fell off for whatever reason, died, but then the knocker took over his body.
0: Ah, right, right. And,
1: and then he got back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's how I think it happened there.
0: That's fair. Um, That that actually makes a lot of sense, especially considering also Izumi, um, Mizuha's mother. Like it would be a sort of similar thing there. Yeah.
1: Similar situation. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: As for the girl, uh, you know, because she was bullied, potentially she did commit suicide. uh, And then the knocker took that body. But I do agree with you. Her expression and mannerism was a little strange. Right. It could be that she was just trying, or the knocker was just trying to copy the feelings and the mannerism that this person had. Right. Right. Um, and so that, and that's that's what we're seeing there when she falls, mm. and the knocker's not face because, uh, what what what's the little girl's name? Uh, Mimori. Uh, yeah. Mimori acted and. I act very calm and tame, just like a little girl, until you know she took the sword and stabbed herself. Mm. But that, to me, is a distinct characteristic difference. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if the knockers are able to very closely copy the uh, mannerisms and, and and personality of the, uh, of the people. Yeah. But granted, Izumi is a little different. Uh, the knocker Izumi. Because she does a kind of one eighty personality wise, right? Uh, basically becomes the quote unquote perfect mother.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, it's it's. It, I I agree with you that it's a little confusing.
0: Right, but but it is really interesting. Izumi, I feel like since I guess she was the one we got to see the most of out of the knockers that are impersonating humans, and. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she definitely isn't, like, she, she doesn't necessarily seem to have her personality, like, the, the, the real Izumi, she at least seems to, well, obviously, she seems to be a perfect replica, like, physically, of her, uh, as well as, she seems to have her memories, potentially, or, well, like, she seems to know things that I don't feel like the knocker would know if it wasn't the real her, like, for example, she she um, mentions how she felt when Mizuha ran away to her grandfather. Like she, you know, and all and I, I, something I f- that I don't feel like a knocker would have completely made up, and that makes me think that maybe they are able to sort of replicate the mind as well of the of the person that they that they become. Maybe
1: my theory on that is these knockers are in the bodies. Of these people who pass away, and what to what extent they've c- controlled or, or, or have infested hu- humankind, I guess we don't fully understand. Mm. It's quite frightening. Yeah. But in in the case of Izumi's uh, knocker, that the knocker would have been with Izumi and noticed like their patterns and 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 been been with them to see those certain memories. So I, I think in that case. It's more that the knocker was always there and so its its memories are shared with Izumi. Is my thinking.
0: That's also that's also a possibility. Absolutely. But uh, back to Fushi, I suppose. <laughs> he uh, he's, he's, he does go to school, as as we talked about a little bit at the end of the previous discussion. He and Tonari and Gugu and Hiro all go to school while Echo and March are being homeschooled. So, yeah, that's super cool to see. Although I was sort of I was sort of hoping for Echo and March to go to, like, actually go to school. I guess, but, but yeah, I mean, this is cool too.
1: <laughs> I mean, they'll go eventually. I
0: mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> March probably needs a little bit of a little bit of help, and and definitely Echo needs all sorts of has some you know special needs. Mm. So it makes sense to be homeschooled at first, but maybe though when they grow up, maybe they'll go go to middle school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But Fushi going to school is a really fun fun concept to me because, you know, I feel like usually these characters who are not human, they're, like, really excited to go to school and experience what school's like. But Fushi is just like, man, this is stupid. Like, he doesn't say that, but his expression and everything. I mean, when he's in the moment, he feels like he's he's kind of in enjoying meeting people and whatnot but
0: uh-huh. obviously
1: he's not putting his heart into this education whatsoever and understandable um, yeah yeah he
0: gets in trouble with a teacher <laughs> 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 <of his>
1: attitude. <laughs> which it, which is kind of a a point on japanese culture with teachers uh, you know it, at least here in america yes i mean you gotta be you gotta be respectful but it's much more of a at least some of the best teachers you have are kind of like buddy buddy type of thing you know the teachers will assist you but it's not like authoritarian where this is very much mm. at least uh, for the most part in japanese schools it's you know you have to uh, you, your sensei is above you and right um you have to speak politely and that sort of things so otherwise you, you kind of get in, you get in trouble mm-hmm. um not saying we swear at a teachers well maybe <laughs> depends on what class <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure there's plenty of classes that did anyway the yeah. point is it, it you know, it's interesting to see that kind of, uh, I guess, rhetoric about Japanese culture yeah. and how Fushi has no idea, like, what, or Yanomi culture, excuse me, and Fushi right. has no idea, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, whatever, like, it doesn't matter to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, for sure, for sure. And I I thought that that teacher seemed a little bit at a loss, like, he seemed kind of baffled at kind of receiving <laughs> that sort of attitude from one of his pupils. <laughs> yeah, Uh, yeah. Probably, he's probably not used to... To that, you know, most of the students are probably pretty in line, I suppose. Mm
1: -hmm. But you called the school, you uh, oh yeah, like oh, I wonder if they go to school. I somehow did.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I I was definitely very happy to see that, and I did enjoy those those parts, like seeing Gugu and Hiro in high school uniforms (laughs) and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, It was very very nice. Um, uh, and actually another thing about the knockers related to Fushi was that. He felt the knocker's pain uh, when it, you know, the memory, the memory knocker's pain when it shoved that sword into itself, uh, which I thought was interesting in some way. Because, I mean, obviously, I know, like, I guess the body is flesh, so it's in a way human, but th- I mean, there's no mm-hmm. human fire in there, so it's, it, it shouldn't, or... I guess if, if the phi is what Fuji connects to when he feels pain, then then I guess this makes the situation interesting because there's a there's a knocker phi in there, or multiple maybe, even I, I don't know how this works. If there's just one or if there's right. more than one. But regardless, mm-hmm. he felt the pain of the knocker in that scene. So there there was like a connection in in some way to a knocker there, which might be the first a first in, in this sort of way. I I I feel because Fushi has never been able to like replicate knockers or anything like that, mm-hmm. and I guess because that that that's something we've known for a while. So I guess with that, I sort of I sort of just assumed I guess until now that he he couldn't really feel their pain either or anything like that. But but here he did. So yeah, I I just thought that was pretty pretty interesting.
1: So I didn't actually really think too much about that, but that is a fascinating point. I, I wish I wish I would have. <laughs> <laughs> mm,
0: mm.
1: But here's my thought, is that it's not so much he's feeling the knocker pain, but like you said, the flesh, the body's pain. Right. And as we know, the, the entire world is the beholder's body, and, and Fushi has also gained that kind of control. Um, but I think it, that also extends to the bodies of the humans and the animals and everything. And so because he's connected to that body, he's able to feel... The, those pains and the, and those other other things, um, so it's not so much he's feeling the knockers themselves. It's it's the body that's alive, right? That yeah, he feels that pain, and I think that extends to love and and other things as well. Obviously, fire important part of that, but I but I think that the fire come to earth in order to experience those things like love mm-hmm. and 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 pain.
0: Right? Yeah. So yeah, that exactly that that would I feel makes sense absolutely but that would also mean that these knockers who have taken human forms and on in this world right now they are essentially just living like any human is which would really completely just go against what the knockers want right because they want to be free of of flesh mm-hmm. but right now several ones are living in flesh so
1: and i i have some theories about that mm. but i'll save it for w- when we get into the deep knocker discussion because for sure. i don't want to stray too far away from fushi right now
0: right yeah that's probably wise <laughs> um i the one last thing i got on fushi here is that in his search for and for an answer to to the question of what love is he <laughs> he took the form of a pregnant sea turtle and laid some eggs <laughs> and <laughs> I, I thought that, that, that was obviously very funny but i it also made me think like are, are we going to continue to like focus on these eggs to to any extent i feel like i mean those are fushi's children right they are fushi's first offspring like that's a pretty big deal I, i will say though that if if the story does focus at all on on that i probably don't i don't think that these turtles that will hatch from those eggs will be special in any way I don't think No. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't think that Fushi's offsprings will also have some sort of immortality abilities or anything. right, similar to Fushi, um, because mm-hmm. really when he is in, when he is a turtle, or when he is any form that he assumes, it's really just an, a, a regular body of anything natural on Earth. So I feel like mm-hmm. him giving birth to something wouldn't really change anything. I don't, I don't think. But yeah, I just I just thought that was an interesting thing, you know, Fushi uh, almost becoming a parent here.
1: Yeah, it's it's really funny. <laughs> uh, I I just because it, it was so it was so like odd too. Well, and and just well well placed because he's he's giving he's he's laying eggs. He's just like, is this what love is? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Although, and I, I thought that was pretty pretty sweet though. I mean, it, it was it was funny, but it was also nice because. I feel like a lot of parents probably feel some just automatic love toward their their child. Not like, even though the child might be like just newly born and like uh-huh. you don't know this little person that just came out the womb, but they still love it. They still love that child. Like right. just kind of automatically. And I, I feel like that's just something in our hormones maybe that just makes it mm-hmm. like that um yeah i i think it might have been something like that
1: but watch fushi just completely ignore the eggs and <laughs> yeah. touch a bit i mean they gotta hatch eventually so i guess he has time to you know be a single mother right then, um, you know
0: exactly yeah yeah
1: so touching on that love it He says, I want to know what love is. Yeah. I want you to show me.
0: (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: And that reminds me of volume eight when he was trying to figure out love, you know?
0: Right. For sure. Yeah.
1: And then he was, he was asking Kahaku uh, about that. And obviously that gave him a bit of excitement, but also a bit of pain as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I'm sure Mizuha is feeling more or less at this point. Yeah. Similarly. Uh Um. So it's, it that that parallel is is, is pretty interesting.
0: Definitely, definitely. But, I,
1: but so I guess this is the hard love is the hardest thing for Fushi to understand.
0: So um, it seems so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because he usually he seems like he picks up on most things, but love is a continuing feeling or theme that he's very curious about but also doesn't want to ex- early, i mean i feel like in this volume in the middle he w- he was feeling that i i don't need i don't want to experience that per se mm. but it wasn't until he realized that's what separates humans from knockers right that he wanted to experience that for himself
0: yeah th- th- that's actually a really interesting point because that that, that reminds me of uh his time in Renreel when he was you know basically rebuilding the entire city to to make to make it all his there was a part where he he was you know because at that point he he was starting to f- to feel the the emotions of everybody in the city at the same time and there were a few emotions that he couldn't quite pinpoint. I wonder if those might have been supposed to be love. Like maybe like I, I feel like at at this point that would sort of make sense considering he as you said he he does struggle with sort of understanding that uh, and we didn't really I I or I mean, if if that's supposed to be what it. What it is, we didn't put that together back then because we seemed we were both a bit at a loss at that. But I feel I I feel like that would make sense as an answer to that now.
1: Yeah, it could be that you know the love that he usually feels is more of like a well more of a romantic love, and maybe the love that he or that other feeling was more familial love or or I don't know brotherly love. I I have no idea. Mm. I don't know if I don't know if that is distinctible enough but
0: right. either way yeah <laughs>
1: that could definitely be a possibility mm-hmm. but I do find it odd that he himself says I don't love I, I, I'm just selfish about things or I'm, I just brought everybody back because I'm selfish and I wanted them back but that's, but that's the thing to me you care about these people that's why you want them back mm. and yes yes, you want them to, to keep you company of course but because you love them Mm. that's what love is. And Mm. at least I feel like that is, that is a fact if it's not romantic love as we know it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like that is a facet of love. Absolutely. And maybe that's a lesson he'll learn, but, but to say that he doesn't have any love. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me as he's, he's so kind to people and wants to do what's best for everybody. And yes, I could see where he's coming from that, oh, this is my wants and my desires. But it's okay to want the safety and the protection of your of your loved ones. Like it's okay to want that. For sure. Um I hope he comes to a realization that's okay and yeah. uh, unless I'm like totally misunderstanding what Oyama is trying to do or trying to say here, which I could be. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, I sure there's also always the the possibility. But no, I, I agree with you. And I think I think I'm going to say something that you have reiterated quite nicely a couple times in our previous discussions, something that I think was originally said by Bon. Fushi is stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, which, yeah, I, I think uh... sort of applies to this, because as you said, you're right, he, he does love, he does actually love these people. I think that's been very, it's been made very clear throughout the story. So for the mm-hmm. the, the, the fact that he doubts that in this volume, well, I I think he's just wrong.
1: Yeah, I want to say that too. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> that he just doesn't, and and maybe that's the point is he has to realize that wait I do love right and there is a, and the, and he has that humanity inside of him. Yeah. And to the extent I wonder, I wonder if the beholder has ever loved, or maybe maybe he loves Fushi, in a way. Oh, oh I don't yeah know.
2: yeah yeah. But
1: yeah, it's just it's just. Interesting concept, and I, I'm glad we're back here because mm. that was always a, a topic that I, I loved seeing being discussed and, and delved into. Sure. But then they would move on to a different thing. Right. It's like, no, I mean, yes, it was great, but but also, <laughs> <I'll> come back. <laughs> yeah,
0: I completely understand that. Yeah. But I think,
1: surely, this is the time where we'll go more in-depth into that kind of thing.
0: I hope so, for sure.
1: Another evidence of his kindness, I guess, I mean... And I get I I, I don't think he extent to love, or brotherly love at least, he, mm-hmm. he offers to help Mizuha hide. Yeah. Um despite all, everything that happened in the past with Hayase's will, he offers to help her hide and like find out what's going on with her mother. Mm-hmm. That being said, this goes back to your stupid comment oh, wait a minute. <laughs> your comment about Fushi being stupid. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, is he setting himself up for failure here? Or is this putting himself in a trap? And I don't mean, maybe I'm taking the Tonati route here, but I don't mean to doubt Mizuha. And I think she is a troubled girl, but Mm. is also a sweet, can be a sweet soul and needs help. So I'm glad Fushi is the one that is willing to give her that hand. Yeah. But I also wonder if this is spelling a disaster potentially you know
0: yeah man i'm i'm definitely on edge a bit whenever mizu has around yeah but at the same time i really adore her i think she's a she's an amazing character and really like she seems really sweet in a lot of ways but there is still that little worry deep down
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i i agree Mm. i don't know so i just wonder if it's right for fushi to be so trusting but yeah I guess. I guess we'll find out. Right, for sure. Uh, I thought it was funny that Fushi's idea of a relationship was based on Masar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's <laughs> oh, like, like come on, man. Kissing
0: like like Masar always does with those ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh
1: man, he's got a warped perception on that one.
0: <laughs> oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. But he definitely
1: he definitely needs a teacher, and teacher is a weird way to put it. But he needs someone to help him see love is and maybe and maybe it's not necessarily uh, Mizuha even though she offers
0: right yeah it could
1: be Yuki I yeah
0: think. yeah or, or or it could be Aiko she seems pretty wise to be honest like, she, she, oh yeah
1: Oh I mean, well, yeah yeah
0: she, for sure she's really smart I really like her uh, but, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah um, I, I'm really hoping that in, in if, if it doesn't happen next book then maybe then one after that or at, at least I'm hoping for very soon for fushi to to actually sort of understand it or at least to starts to learn to understand it right because it definitely seems like at this point you know at, at the end of the book he he sort of accepted mizuha's help in in understanding that even though it was a bit manipulative it was a bit right a little bit like in in some sense but despite of that i think it should be interesting to see where that scene leads.
1: Do you think she could be a pretty good teacher of love, or is it the wrong kind of love?
0: I have no idea, to be honest. I mean,
1: <laughs> I know it's it's it's
0: like we how we were supposed to know <laughs> it. Well, although I will say that because of her holding Hyas's Phi, I do think, and, and because this is this is something I said, I said in Volume Six, I said that I thought Hyas's love for Fushi was real love true love um and in in the you know part of the story where kahaku was around i i also was convinced that his love for fuji was real romantic love okay so based on the fact that she still carries on that same fight that those two had i i guess with that in mind i i can't really say anything else i do think that because of Mm. her having that fight i do think her love for fuji is real
1: yeah good point so
0: maybe so maybe she would be a good teacher but.
1: No, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> and to be fair, Fushi hasn't given her that chance per se. Right. And now that he's willing to, I guess, experiment with even romantic love. Yeah. Um. Maybe that, maybe, yeah, maybe the, maybe she'll be able to open the door. But I don't know. I, for some reason, and I guess this could segue into Mizuha's talk. I, yeah for some reason i i think she is either going to be too obsessive for it, it to make a big difference in fushi or it, it's just not going to click still, it still still won't click like she won't like she won't be overbearing mm. but he still won't get it and it's going to need someone else who's not trying to be, you know, romantic or even you know, this is how you do it just more it just happens, you know? And he observes, and he's like, wait a minute. Maybe right. that's what it is.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I could definitely see something like that. So, like, maybe the the Aoki siblings help him out somehow, yeah, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, moving into Mizuha, then, and kind of continuing on this on this topic that we were on, uh, I think similarly to Hayase, Mizuha definitely, I I agree with you on that, Mizuha definitely seems possessive mm-hmm. of fushi or or maybe didn't say that exactly uh but but you, i think you used the word ob- obsessive at, at the very least uh right, which, I think, which I think is also yeah. true but possessive as well she is obs- possessive of fushi yeah um and Definitely. like because there was that one scene and when they were outside of the shrine where she expressed some like how she wanted him to like let her know if someone
2: yeah like,
0: like wanted to go out with him and that he w- that he shouldn't accept it and like it was it was definitely similar to ha- how Hayase sort of viewed Fushi as, as her own and mm-hmm. and another thing And the that,
1: way she acted at school as well, you know. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: When when Fushi first got there, mm. she was definitely peeved by all the attention he was getting. Exactly, for sure. Um,
0: yeah. Uh and another th- another thing that just screamed Hayase to me was, you know, when she said I'll teach you all about love, which is pretty much a direct quote by Hayase yeah. from from her last
1: It really was uh, her
0: last scene with Fushi in the boats. Uh, come full
1: circle here. Yeah,
0: I mean it was really nicely done, but also also you know, makes me a bit a bit on edge um,
1: i wonder I wonder when she <laughs> was writing when Oima was writing the, the this arc. And, you know, and she gets this point, it's like, ha, how? what if, what if Hayase actually did teach Fushi? Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's brilliant. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. And it's really funny, too, because, like, in, in several drawings of Mizuha, uh, I, I look at her and I feel like, oh, my God, it's it's just Hayase, although yeah. she looks, like, a little cuter, I guess. But, like, it's like, <laughs> she, she looks, she looks so much like Hayase. It's, it's a little creepy. <laughs> indeed but yeah now somehow mizuha will try to teach fushi what love is so i'm very excited to see how that's gonna like how the scene is gonna go
1: yeah i love i I, speaking of that scene Mm. i love how it parallels with the last page in the previous volume um oh yeah so will you be my friend obviously that will live on in infamy i think (laughs) but the it almost takes the whole page that panel Mm, mm. um same same with this this last page, and then below it is Fusi's reaction. Now, the reactions are different right in the in previous volume, it was kind of like like, oh no, maybe a bit of horror mm-hmm. and this one it's it's almost he's like he's trying to hold back a laugh or he's just smiling awkwardly like I don't know it it's i don't I don't know exactly what that expression is, but it's different <laughs> than the previous volume, and so it's it's an interesting parallel that maybe shows where their relationship is going, and maybe he's slowly trusting Musaha more and yeah. who knows maybe there is something to this
0: dude fushi ship. i could i could see it i'm and and i'm not entirely against it
1: <laughs> I, i'm not entirely against it either mm. I'll, I'll, i'm right there you know be <laughs> being a you know tonati fushi shipper I, <laughs> are you and i, and I say that I, i'm not like the I'm not the fan club president or, you know, like, I'm kind of like, a, yeah, yeah, I like that. That'd be nice. Yeah. But I'm not totally in all in it. So right. it, I kind of need more from them. I'll go back later, I guess. But <laughs> but this could be an interesting progression for Fushi and, 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 and to an extent Mizuha, you know, mm-hmm. this kind of cursed bloodline always gets so close to Fushi in various ways uh-huh. and yet can never possess, quote-unquote, the one that they love. Right. Um, now, that would also mean that Mizuha wouldn't be able to do that either. But maybe <laughs> maybe she breaks that curse somehow. I
0: don't know. Yeah, no, it, she, it, it, it is, it's been really funny to see kind of, like, not just Fushi's sort of progression with Mizuha, but his progression with the the entire Hayase line in a way. because. yeah. At least out of the ones that he's interacted with, a decent amount, it's sort of gotten better with each in a way. Because mm-hmm. obviously, with Hayase it was terrible. Like there was basically basically nothing good yeah, at all well, there. Absolutely the worst. Then Hisame yeah. came around for a little bit, and that was you know not not good, but it was better <laughs> better at least than than Hayase herself. Yeah. And then Kahaku was actually pretty good. He he was just you know you yeah know, things went to shit, but it wasn't yeah. really his fault, I guess. But but yeah, th- things were complicated, and now we got now we got Mizuha, where I feel like the chances are, like she has a chance to to get closer to Fushi than, um, Kahaku did. So maybe yeah, really really interesting.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting to see. And I guess speaking on the Hayase bloodline, mm. you know, if you think about it, besides the beholder and now the, his Fushi's disciples. Hayase's will and her bloodline has been with Fushi for years. Oh yeah. Uh it's almost like he has an eternal companion in Hayase's will. Just mm-hmm. it's a different person each time. But in the in that sense it's kind of there is a bit of a camaraderie there. So maybe there is something something there about about a relationship or yeah uh, poetic there i don't know i think
0: i think it could be i mean obviously it depends on how it's ex- how it's executed and all that but of course i think it has great potential to become something very beautiful
1: now this all could be a trick it, <laughs> it really could
0: oh, for sure now, a
1: trick a trick maybe not the right word <laughs> it, it could be a twist that mm.
2: not
1: necessarily not, not i not saying that misah betrays per se but maybe it just doesn't go down as a ship you know
0: right for sure and I mean Fushi will keep on living for a good long while, so maybe it's, you know, a descendant of Mizuha that will end up <laughs> shipping with Fushi. <laughs> P- potentially. <laughs> uh but yes. Um I guess going back to the sort of the beginning of the story for as far as Mizuha is is concerned, the well, she she stayed at that abandoned shrine until she learned that her mother was back alive. And yeah, that <laughs> like that that was such a such a like like that th- that phone call with her father like i was like oh, on God. edge at first and then and then he was like your mother is worried i'm like wait wait what yeah <laughs> what, what's going on here it's
1: like wait a minute what <laughs> dad you don't understand
0: she's dead right she can't be
1: oh my gosh she's alive
0: <laughs> she's alive and she's like pretty much too too good to be true angel yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you I I was fully ready to have a Mizuha camp out in the woods kind of situation mm-hmm. and just see where the story goes from there FBI most wanted kind of <laughs> kind of a situation but it yeah it definitely went in a direction I wasn't fully expecting now I I still I still stand by this being kind of a murder mystery in a way because while we do have confirmation from Izumi uh-huh. the Mizuha's mom, yeah. that Mizuha killed her. I she doesn't have memory of what happened. Fushi is kind of, is believing her in that sense. And now we know that knockers are tiny knockers are in the body. Yeah. So I feel like my my theory of the many that I gave last, <laughs> last week. Yeah. Um, it that it was a knocker that took control mm. and stabbed Izumi. Um it has a good foundation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I I definitely also think that's the, that one's still a good possibility. Um
1: yeah, the the dad and grandpa stuff I yeah man. <laughs> those.
0: Pro, probably not in, in neither of those, but defi- definitely not the dad. The, the dad dad's okay. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. I like the grandpa's fine too, I think. But it, it's it's either entirely yeah. Misoha's, you know, mental instability or it's the knocker influencing her. Like it's one of those two. Ah. I I don't see any other po- like option exactly. But but yeah, it, it's it's not right. Like it's not hundred percent on what it is yet. So I I look forward to finding out exactly what was the cause mm-hmm. of it or what was the reason. Indeed. I, I thought it was pretty cool of Izumi, who was really as we talked about last time. She was very she was painted in a very bad light in the previous volume. Mm-hmm. But seeing her fight interact with Bon in this volume. I thought it was really cool of her to take it upon herself to to find others like her. Others who whose whose bodies had been taken over by knockers or well well knockers impersonating them and stuff like that. Like she she really is doing a, a very fine job with that. Right. I agree. Very respectable.
1: And yeah she she was she was a terrible parent. There's no denying that but she still loves her daughter. Um mm. and potentially this, this death uh, has made her realize that. Um, not to, not that she loved her daughter, but that she was a terrible, terrible parent. Yeah. And if she comes back, which I kind of think she will eventually. I think that yeah. once they have things figured out, they'll kill the Uzo- Izumi Naker And then Fushi be able to bring her back and then they'll have some sort of reunion. Yeah. Maybe that's too... Sunshine and rainbows, but I think that will happen. <laughs> right, yeah. And once she does come back, I think that she will repent. She will make changes in order to uh, be a better parent to for uh, Mizaha, Yeah. But like you said, right now she's doing an amazing job finding other people like her. Mm. I mean, she's a, she's like a valuable member of the team.
0: Honestly, yeah, yeah. You
1: want to know what I found interesting is mm. she, when she died... And obviously, started following her daughter. Well, when she when she found Bone, she knew the situation. She knew about the knockers. She knew about her descent, her Hayase line. She knew all of this, despite having quarrels with her grand uh, her, her father. And I think that could be because she was raised so <laughs> passionately <laughs> in, in their in their religion. Right. And and maybe at one point. She's like, enough's enough, I'm done. Or it could be my theory that I mentioned before. Listen last week to figure out, hear what that was. <laughs> um, it, it could be something along those lines. And so she threw that all away. Right. Uh, but now that, that that's coming in handy because she stayed as as Fi and knows that there's knockers about or there's, some, there's something going down. She knew what to do. She knew who to look for. She knew for bone. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was... Really, um, well, it was, it was kind of admirable of her.
0: Absolutely, for sure, for sure. What's left on Mizuha? I I don't have anything.
1: Oh really? So this one's really small. It, there's just a lot of romantic undertones when she's with uh, Fushi in that cabin and everything. Um, oh yes. And I guess it's I guess it's trying to make Fushi feel comfortable in a way. Uh, but I, but I think it also could be setting up, you know, potential like we were saying the, that that potential ship. Yeah, um, or at least the destruction of a ship, but we shall see.
0: <laughs> we shall.
1: It's really sad that she has a bit of freedom with her mom died, uh, died with her mom dead, and and she feels that. And, he, and she asks she not to revive her mom. Yeah, and I I understand where she's coming from in that situation, but it's also very very sad that she feels she can't be free uh or mm. if life's better with her mom dead. Like, that's really sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. right. Uh, although I feel, I felt at the same time, I, I sort of felt like her main reason for heating Fuji to not revive her. It seemed more like it was that, you know, people would have already found out that she had been killed and it would have just made things really weird. And, like awkward for her like more so probably maybe although even though it is a good thing it would have made things really strange because it's an unnatural thing that would have happened if if people had already found her mother and declared her dead for her to come back like that would have been too strange and drawn very awkward attention toward her which you know knowing her that she, she wouldn't have appreciated that
1: that's a good good point but, but
0: i think you're right as well though like she she was you know she was weighed down and restricted largely by her mother. So,
1: yeah. So I'm gonna keep going on uh, romantic stuff.
0: Uh, just uh,
1: <laughs> not, but not necessarily with Fushi. I, I think that there may, there may, maybe she did have a little thing for Aoki. I'm, I'm still unsure who she liked in that club. Right. But <laughs> I, I think maybe it could have been Aoki. Just be based on a couple of things she says. Like she was, seemed a little. Like when they were going over to uh, Yuki's house, mm-hmm. um, she was like, "Wait, wait, I'll keep you there," kind of a thing. She specifically mentions that, which I th- thought would be odd. Like, yeah, it's his house. Why wouldn't he be there?
0: <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that is a good point.
1: <laughs> but that little like that, maybe like, oh, I I could, you know that that'd be nice like, doing stuff with him, is completely overpowered with fushi
0: oh yeah right yeah she, she is legitimately feeling lovesick when you know she she's lo- right. longing for fushi she misses him absolutely yeah so
1: i don't know if that if that sort of conflicting feelings would ever if mean, it's not really conflicting anymore but will that ever come back i don't know it, it seems like a, a plot point that it's still floating around mm. because Hana even brings it up. It's like I think I know who you like. Yeah, kind of a, <laughs> exactly. Kind of so, so it it could still be a, a thing,
0: definitely moving
1: forward. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment with Hana where um, she just Hana's just talking to her in the club, and. Muzaha mentions that, oh, you're not wearing the hair clip. If you're my friend, you'd wear the hair clip. Oh, yeah. And that was really rude. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah. That was a bit much. She must have just had a bad day, I felt like. She
1: did. I, I agree she was having a bad day, and I think that's probably where it came from. Mm. But I wonder if that will ever be touched up again, because that's, right. I don't know, that's, it's kind of not cool to say, and you really should apologize for saying she, something like
0: that. I hope she fair. does. I really hope she does, eventually, at the very least. Yeah. Although, yeah. But
1: <laughs> ma- maybe it's just one thing and moves on. Like, oh, well, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, H- Hana seemed to be okay with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but... yeah. I I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine, but but it was I I agree it was very rude. Uh, but we're done with Mizuha for now? Yeah. All right. Then let's talk about Hana next. And really for me at least most of what I got on her is <laughs> related to the club and kind of our confusion Last week, about <laughs> what exactly is this club uh, that all these these characters are a part of, and so in well, so, so th- I have two little things I want to address with, regarding that. So first of all, in the sure. in the character index in the physical release of this uh, volume, mm-hmm. there, there's the character index at the beginning of it where it says under Yuki's description, it says he's the vice president of the occult research club, uh-huh. but under Hana it says that she's the president of the Handicrafts, and then in parentheses, Occult Research Club.
1: Oh, so okay. That's a little different than I thought, than I, thought I guess.
0: Right, and then there was also the panel where Yuki called... He called it the Occult Club, while Hana, uh, in the same panel, called it the Handicrafts Club uh, right. in one of the scenes here. So, I mean, understandably, we were confused last week, and I, I guess there's still reason... To some degree, to be confused because it really hasn't ever been like (laughs) completely explained. But it makes me feel like it might officially be the Handicrafts Club. But Yuki and those other guys are like more interested in the occult stuff, so they use it sort of as as that kind of club more. Maybe. What do you think?
1: I think that's what I think that's exactly what it is, and Uh. I think I even mentioned something similar to that in our previous discussion. Mm -hmm. Is that. Hannah unfortunately didn't have anybody to join her club, I guess, <laughs> and these these three guys needed one more member, and so she said, "Okay, I'll be the president." And we call the handicapped club, and you can do your occult stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, right,
0: I'll, and like I I agree, I that that's probably, or at least at the, at this point, it seems the most logical sort of, but it's still uh-huh. so specific that I feel like we we should have gotten an, an explanation for it, but but i I don't know yeah maybe we will (laughs) maybe who knows
1: either way she's getting more members now you know oh yeah
0: oh yeah that's Uh, right
1: so that's great that's great like i hope i hope they have a great handicraft
0: (laughs) club they could have had so many members if they had let all those girls in true (laughs) true (laughs) but (laughs) but yuki's
1: like no simping allowed right Um, (laughs) uh, actually i have i have a thing about that but we'll I'll save it for a little later, but I, I do have a question. Anyway. All right. Uh, about, about Hana. Mm. So one one of the few things I got from her was just how, how much she seems to cheer on her, her friends. not And not just Mizuha in various ways. And, and she's very understanding with Mizuha and a mm. great friend for her. Yeah. But she's also helping Yuki, who, I mean, I, I consider them friends, but I, I felt like she was kind of cold to him at times yeah um i mean she, she yeah they went they went and did fishing and whatnot and that was with the club and that was cool but when they're at the the shrine the abandoned shrine and they see fushi and Mizuha together she's really supportive to him it's like no don't you don't know you, you got you gotta have courage like that's what that's what women want or, or something like that
2: oh yeah <laughs> uh, right
1: and so she was very she was very supportive of that and it's like wow that Hey man, she's a good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she really is. That,
0: yeah, that, that that was that was a really nice, nice bit.
1: But my last thing is that I want more. I want more from Hana and Yuki.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's definitely this arc is at least so far it, is definitely Mizuha's story. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they don't get as much focus. But I think it would they would it, it would go a long way if they got a little more focus in the story of who they are. Um in their struggles. Although I guess we do know more about Yuki than Hana.
0: Yeah. Or I don't know. I, I feel like I had more interest in Hana after the first, like after the previous book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm there with you. And yeah. I, I, I don't think this book changed anything really. I, both of them were pretty minor. I okay. guess, I mean, I guess Yuki, I mean, yeah, he, he had more to do in this book than Hana did, but yeah, Um, I still think that Hana's presence in the f- previous book sort of still makes me more interested in her than in Yuki, but still definitely want more uh, from both of them. I, I agree there. Cool. Uh, but then I guess we're mov- we can move on to the Aoki siblings. Uh, we talked about them pretty much at the same time last time, so I figured we can, we can, they, they can share a slot here as well, <laughs> uh, Yuki and Aiko. So I guess starting with Yuki a bit, since we were talking about him, did you have a question about him or did, was, that, was that about something else?
1: Sure, we, I, could, I could put it here. Mm. What is the difference between having a crush on someone and you know just you kind of a little crush? Oh, I, I kind of like her.
2: Huh?
1: I want to go, you know, ask her out. And then simping. <laughs> like, what is the difference? Uh, because ooh. I was so I was thinking mm. of our discussion last last time, and right. how he was like, oh, he was totally simping for hard, and I was like, no no no, 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 That's not how it is. Right. But then I was like, but then I was just thinking back, It's like, oh,
0: well, maybe I could, I guess you could call that simping? Like, I, hmm. I don't know. That, that is a good question. Maybe I was exaggerating it when I, when I, like, I, I'm, mm, I actually, I don't know at this point. Uh, right.
1: Because what Misaha is doing to Fushi I'd call that simping. Wouldn't yeah.
0: you? Or no? No, yeah, no, yes, I, I would. In, in that case, absolutely. Like, Hiya Says Fi, in general, is simping hard for Fushi. I can yes. agree with mm-hmm. you there. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Indeed. Indeed. So, in Yuki's case, is he simping for Mizuha? And, hmm. I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to say. Is it just... Yeah, is it just a little crush?
0: Well... Or not? They they did share that one scene in this book where they were really like understanding each yeah. other's feelings, even though like <laughs> they don't feel the same way about each other mutually. But they they it seemed like they had very similar feelings for the pers the the respective people that they had feelings for, which uh-huh. if that's any sign to what his feeling being his feelings being as strong like for her being as strong as her feelings for fushi ah. then maybe he is simping for her but <laughs> yeah maybe, so maybe you're right May, maybe although I, I still feel like we we need more on that
1: yeah i agree hmm. i agree <laughs> like why like why what was what was the moment that he right
0: for example now if he has
1: a shrine in his closet that okay you know we're, we've gone past <laughs> him <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. It, it all remains to be seen but um Really, the only thing that I got noted down for Yuki for this book was that he he wants to help Fushi stop the knockers now, and he wants to do it through diplomatic methods, which <laughs> is really, really fun. Like, it would be amazing if it works, if it works out. Yeah. But, <laughs> hard to say, but it's something I, I'm very excited to see where it goes, because I'm... Well, it seemed like Fushi was on board with trying trying out sure. trying that, and yeah, so... Hopefully we'll see more of that in volume fifteen.
1: Yeah, I really wonder how you sim- how you help the knockers sympathize and or empathize or whatever. And it's mm. t- yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting task. Um Yeah. And definitely a change from just killing knockers all the time.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, it would be would be pretty fresh. If they are able to do it.
1: <laughs> right, if they're able to do it, right. I mm. uh, I think along with that. Yuki's a master of disguise.
0: Oh yeah! Like.
1: <laughs> Not only did he hide at the diner, he hid in the bush. Yes. And it, I feel like there was one more time where he was kind of like stealthy. But yeah, I mean, he's he's great at getting gathering intel, I guess. So right. You know, hopefully they can use that to their advantage.
0: <laughs> I yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that, that is a hopefully an, uh, a useful skill to have on the team. Anything more on him, or should, do we move on to Aiko?
1: No, I just hope he's, his heart isn't too broken up about the, you know, Mizuha definitely have a thing for Fushi.
0: Yeah, right. For sure.
1: I mean, he seems, he seems okay. Yeah. It's just a little crush.
0: Right. Maybe. Ah, and
1: that's why it's not simple. Maybe it just is. Because exactly. he's able to move on.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely may be right about that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he can move on.
1: Maybe he can. I don't know. It feels like he has.
0: Uh. I'm not. I'm not sure. His feelings still seem to be pretty strong.
1: Sorry. Yeah, you're right. But, I meant move on. Is in. He doesn't like hold a grudge against Fushi or anything like. Uh, that. Ah, you know?
0: right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that. I guess. <laughs> but talking about her, uh, his, uh, his uh, little sister, Eichel, From I, I, something that I was, that I, I thought was pretty sweet in this book was that pretty much from the start of the volume, pretty early on, she was pretty adamant about giving the horse like the pure and horse a name mm-hmm. which i think fushi is only he, he just calls it horse mm-hmm. as i think they, they said in the previous book uh, yeah and i really loved how at the end of the book or near the end of the book uh that tied into the question of what love is mm. and how well one of the many things that she said or that she was sort of described as love was well, to give this horse a name, for example, um, which still hasn't happened, but would be would be nice for it to actually get a name. I guess it would be nice yeah. for the bear. I mean, the bear is Mister Bear, uh, or at least March calls it Mister Bear. Uh, hmm. like, I guess that one would need a name too, like a proper name. But but whatever.
1: Yeah, I thought about that whole name thing. as like, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to have it a name, but I don't think it doesn't mean he. I don't think it means he doesn't love it, you know? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's onto something. I just can't comprehend it quite, quite yet. Hmm. I feel like the, the horse's name is just horse. Like the, but that's the name, you know, <laughs> it's not just like, Oh, it's a horse. It's like, no, it's horse.
0: Right. Well, see, yeah, but it's, it's a bad name. Like, let's be real. Oh, of course. It's a terrible <laughs> name. I agree.
1: Oh no, I, I agree. It's basic. Yeah. Um, oh. but I don't know. I I still I still feel he loves the horse. Yeah. Um but I I the thing that shocked me about Aiko is well, I mean, she's just we know she's a sweet kid. Yeah. But she's strangely intelligent beyond her years, I feel
0: like. I I feel like that was made pretty clear even in the previous book. Oh, was it really? I I, I felt, you know, when she contacted the the Tasty Peach Foundation and, made, like, worked all of that out with them. And, True. Like, th- th- and there were, like, f- a few other little details. But I, 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 thought, I just thought it was just capable. I, but this one, she... Fair, fair. She
1: knows about inflation. Yeah. She... It feels like, you know, she's keeping people in line. And then she also just goes on to this philosophical... Not rant, but, uh, you know, a little bit description of what love is. Yeah. You know, using words that I don't think even yuki could hope to repeat um at this point in his life and she she, she sort of
0: warned him not to like overwork his brain too much (laughs) (laughs) that was also pretty funny uh, I, I really, I really like Aiko so far. Like she's yeah, obviously, yeah, I, I do too. Like mostly sort of a comedic a side minor. character, but like just really, mm-hmm. really great as at being what she is. Right. And like when she shared her allowance, like from her piggy bank, with everybody. Oh, you know, so cute. That was so cute. My. So adorable. My heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: especially in that chapter where she talking about love, you can really see her poco face yeah you know just come out
0: that also reminded me of uh, the scene with Poco when she suddenly starts speaking like perfectly normal and, like, <laughs> and, and, and she starts using very complicated words that we had never heard her use before. like it was sort of a little bit that vibe, although not as surprising because I, I sort of got a little bit of that vibe in the previous book, but like it sort of eases into it more in Poco's case, obviously it was a complete 180 but but still a little bit of that uh, was pretty pretty cool.
1: come on, Oima confirm that they're descendants <laughs> of poco
0: tasty pete come on yeah, yeah. i want it so bad yeah, I, it, it's so minor but i want it honestly i i i feel so sure of this that i don't really need a confirmation i i, I feel so sure that this is what it's supposed to be
1: you just never know man you can't, you can't be sure until <laughs> you
0: see the words you're right you are right <laughs> uh anything more on the Aoki kids Nah. All right, then a little bit on on Kazumitsu Aoki. I I, or I I guess his his last name is Aoki. I guess I can't know for sure. But anyway, he well, it's really just one thing and it's it's the fact that he he brought up this idea of well, for for one fixing Gugu's face and his alcohol gut and also oh, yeah. fixing Hiro's, Hiro's teeth, which well, something I, I hadn't thought about, I hadn't thought about that, but definitely, you know, being in the modern age that they are, that is a possibility. However, then it also got me thinking that what if Fushi has the ability to fix all of that, you know, the, the I
2: thought that too. sort of the
0: way that he, but well, because of the, the power that he unlocked in volume 12 that we've uh-huh. talked about how, she, how he's able to make things as he sees them or as he wants them. Right. Like how he was able to make Tsunari like a kid like what if he could actually just recreate them like hiro with teeth or or gugu with a regular face and and without that alcohol thing in his in his stomach the problem
1: is you'd have to kill them exactly and give him that body
0: yeah that is the downside and of that
1: i don't think they're wanting to do that at this point
0: yeah no no Fuji wouldn't want to do that but yeah. but yeah like I, I wonder if if anything is going to actually be made out of this like if if it's going to lead to anything or if it was just a comment uh, but it would be you know it would make both of their lives better probably
1: yeah i agree mm. i mean i mean Haido it's not like he needs the lack of teeth in order to be useful at all so yeah get get the dentures <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: but for gugu i can see why why he be why he would hesitate because you know the, the flame throwing, the flame breathing stuff has been so useful in the past. But if this is supposed to be the peaceful world that they've always hoped for, then there's no need for it, right?
0: Exactly. Like uh, Tonari, as in the previous volume, was made clear. Like she, she shouldn't need her like poison resistance,
1: right? And stuff. Exactly. So. You're right.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess we could talk about Tonari next if if there's nothing else on Kazumitsu.
1: Oh sure. Man, she's look. She looks at Mizuha and just like sus. You're so sus. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, just from the start. Well, she <laughs> she kind of looked at the Fushi. She's like, I, I, you know, it's suspicious when he's looking at those clothes and when you say things. You drink drinking her drink in the morning. It's like, mm hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I I don't blame her, especially when she no. figures out it, it is Mizuha. It, it's a touchy subject. It. it and she calls herself a hypocrite, and she understands that. But it's also to protect Fushi, and I totally see where she's coming from. I, I, mm-hmm. I want her to be wrong, like yeah. I want her and Mizuha to get along. Yeah. But I don't know the track record, and it, it, I know people can change. And this is, a, and but she's also a different person. Yeah. But just the way the story goes, <laughs> it's just hard <laughs> to have complete faith. In that bloodline,
0: yeah, they they're very difficult to predict, right? And 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 as I said, like I totally also understand Tonari's like wariness of of her, like especially since she's the only one other other than Fushi who was around for Hayase, Hisame, and Kahaku. Like she was there for yeah. all of that, uh, and so she really knows that family's track record. And and then and, you know she straight up refused to be friendly with Mizuha, and all of that was. Sad to see, as I said, understandable, but still really sad to see. But it is something that I'm really hoping, like, I'm hoping to get some development in that, uh, yeah. you know, to over time, seeing these two characters become genuine friends would be so beautiful, especially since it's starting out this way. Like, that's something I'm really, really hoping for.
1: It, yeah, I, I agree. I thought the same thing, that it would be great to see them become friends eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think Tanati will be right in the end? even if they become friends right do you think Ooh, ah do you think <laughs> something like that will happen or is it more complicated than that ah. is it you know she's, the knocker is destined to make their lives a living hell
0: so i think mizuha is going to be better than kahaku was okay is my prediction that doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to be ideal obviously. I mean already she has killed her own mother sure. or, right. or yeah. well <laughs> mm, well maybe. Uh, <laughs> we don't, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um so it's already not ideal but I I still I'm holding out hope for her to be able to in a genuine real way get closer to Fushi and his friends as well than Kahaku did. Cuz that that's sort of where yeah. I'm seeing the story going sort of as like each new generation or each yeah each new person that that fushi interacts with from Hayas' line will become a will will be a better person in, in some in some way. Mm. Is, is my hope. So that yeah. that's probably what I think. But yeah, but it makes it hard like cuz just because she might be better than Kahaku doesn't mean that she won't in some way harm fushi or someone to fushi mm-hmm. you're right what, what do you think
1: well i i definitely think it'll be the more complicated route. i don't think it'd be cut as dry and tonight be like ha told you kind of a
0: <laughs> yeah well thing <laughs> yeah yeah for sure
1: she would never do that but i i would just make it a joke um <laughs> i think that they'll i, I do think they could become friends but it and maybe she'll be part of the group unlike kahaku who was kind of an outsider, especially towards the end, mm. whether of his own doing or just just a situation. Um, yeah, but with, with Musaha, I think she could get closer, and then if something bad does happen that comes from Musaha in a way, I think it'll be less, oh my gosh, we should never have done that, let her in, and maybe there'd be a hint, a hint of that, but I think it will be more like how tragic that Musaha is in this situation mm. and she can't. You know, she can't stop the knocker in her armor or whatever. You know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Maybe there'll be more understanding.
0: For sure. Yeah, I definitely hope for that. And the last little thing I got on Tanari was I f- I felt pretty sorry for her when Fushi started laughing at her new clothes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. How rude! He was.
0: He was so rude. He was. He like, was really. Rude. She had really like made an effort to like dress up and look cute in that dress and like I feel she was just pointing and laughing
1: <laughs> to be fair. She had a like really awkward like poses in it. Like she could tell, she, I I feel like you could tell she was uncomfortable yeah. in the clothes Yeah, I mean, and she did not pick that out.
0: Ma- you, true, true. And, and, and yeah, you're right. She she isn't used to wearing those sort of garbs. Uh-huh. So it make it makes sense. I suppose. And, and I will, I will be honest. I, I think she looks much better in her, normal clothes as well mm-hmm. but but still like she could find a modern day outfit that would work she oh, really could uh, for sure absolutely absolutely she could
1: <laughs> she i honestly i think she could rock like, you know hana's kind of regular street clothes i mm. i think well eh, maybe not the baggy shirt i don't think that's very Tonade style but something along those lines yeah where it's not a skirt but it's just maybe pants or something like that anyway definitely definitely <laughs> They should, they should become friends. I hope they do. I um, really,
0: really hope so. <laughs> um, anything more on Tanari?
1: Oh, yes. This whole... All these feelings she's having uh, and being cautious around muzaha mm. Could it also be that there is a tinge of jealousy, maybe?
0: Oh. oh I don't
1: know.
2: I, I, I should have...
0: Dude, I should have picked up on like sort of... Or thought of that. But I did not... I could... I mean, at least based on what we talked about before, because this has been sort right. of a standing thing between, or that that we've been talking mm-hmm. about. I yeah, I I could maybe see that.
1: I mean, I don't think it's a, it's the number one factor, right. and no. I hope it doesn't become a conflict. Like, I don't I don't want that. No, no, no. Right. But maybe there is a bit a bit of it there, and yeah, who knows? Maybe that will help in. Help Fushi in his journey to understand what love is.
0: Precisely, yeah, so, yeah. I was I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about how Mizuha might, you know, try to explain what love is, and then maybe the Aoki siblings might also continue to to try to help him out on that. But what if Tonari ultimately is the one to help him, dude? S- you know, really understand what dude, it is. Dude,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, like you know, my my inner shipper would, would go crazy. <laughs> I'd, I'd, pro- I'd, I'd probably become the, the president of the fan club.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I, would.
1: <laughs> you would. I, I, you know, dictatorship, <laughs> uh, you know, just th- overthrow the ruling party. And,
0: yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, well we, we can dream. Sure. Then I guess moving on a little bit on March. Um, uh, first of all, I thought it was really sweet to see how she was still so caring about Kahaku and, you know, she, yeah. you know, she, she was hoping that he was doing well and, you know, she was asking about uh-huh. him. That was really sweet. I thought, and it was nice to see, like, thanks to her bringing him, bringing him up. I was just happy to see a panel of him, like a drawing of him in this book. <laughs> Cause I, I, you know, obviously I, yeah. I love Kahaku. So it was nice to see him there. Yeah. Uh, even though it was just a little, little flash.
1: Yeah. It's tragic, but it also shows, you know, how I, I mean, in a way you could say that March and and maybe other children her age are able to overlook those mistakes and see, you know, the goodness that are inside people.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, I really like that way to view that. Yeah. And she got all the spikes out of Mr. Bear. Thank you. Like and I was for Mr. Bear. I was so happy for that because I, I remember like last volume when Mr. Bear was brought <laughs> Mr. Bear. Uh we we've been calling him Oniguma, but but he's been named Mr. Bear here, so I'm 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 just rolling with that. <laughs> uh because Oniguma really is wrong because he wasn't that Oniguma creature that people right, thought, thought he was. But anyway. Last volume when he was brought back to life, you know, with all those spikes in his body, I was like I was so sad because I, I knew we because we knew that that was like giving him it constant pain. pain, and mm-hmm. like yeah, that that's just dreadful. So I'm just, I was just so so happy to see that all of that had been uh, taken care of in, in this book.
1: Agreed. Her choice in clothing
0: is <laughs>
1: uh, well, unique. I mean, she could definitely find a place in Harajuku. She's like the <laughs> Lolita style or the Lolita style. You want to pronounce it? Uh, you know, she's you know maybe she has a potential. Lolita idol, a cosplay idol. Yeah. Future ahead of her.
0: Right. I mean, if, if she's like, uh, we don't know her age exactly, but like four or five, four, four or five years old or something. Like, uh, uh-huh. I feel like she, she probably picked her own dress, and she did pick Tonari's dress. I, I sort mm-hmm. of got a little bit like of a like a princess esque vibe from those dresses. That could be it too. to some degree. Yeah. But but yeah, like some sort of little. But her dress
1: is very Victorian. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I felt like
0: her, yeah, hers especially, definitely, <laughs> yeah.
1: But anyway, uh, her her face when you know she, you, you see her for the first time in that dress, it's like say you're sorry right now. It is yeah. oh gosh, so
0: so cute, funny. Yeah, and she really embraced like the mother mentality too. Like, don't just say you're sorry. Oh, say yeah. why you're sorry. Like, explain what you did uh, wrong. <laughs> like, so good. Oh. <laughs>
1: Another uh, joke that I love from her was the, the school job taxes. Yes, like, <laughs> I don't have any of those.
0: <laughs> 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 Am I gonna die? <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, oh, I
2: love it that, was, so that, that was
0: probably the biggest laugh in the volume for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for her of all people to to be the one to say taxes.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just out of the blue. <laughs> I, oh, I just. So perfect. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: have uh, you mentioned earlier about the home instructor coming to teach? Uh, mm. March and Echo. Yeah. <laughs> a thought came to mind, and it may be nothing. It really made me nothing, because I doubt. I really doubt we'll see Gugu in high school or anything like that. Um, we probably won't see much of what the side characters are doing. But with March and Echo, I just it's just a thought. Like, what if a knocker like gets in there? Like, knocker pretends to be the teacher person and then she's that knocker is able to oh get inside get inside Ooh. the house that way Ooh. um <laughs> but that's just not that just like a, a little thought i had and, and i'm more sure that it's just going to be nothing than it actually becoming something but that could be a potential way that the knockers get to fushi but, you know,
0: so. yeah that that is really interesting dude the now you're kind of making me think of another manga called Parasites. It's a pretty old manga that was adapted into anime oh, yeah. relatively recently. Sort of um yeah. where there's basically some alien parasites are infecting a bunch of humans on Earth and and uh yeah, you just never know who who is one of those parasites and who isn't. Right. Like, it's sort of that with the knockers right now. That's what
1: it's becoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That's yeah, man. Yeah, ooh, I hadn't really thought about about it in that way. But yeah, that's that's pretty a pretty scary thought.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Mm. That's all I have on March.
0: Right. Anything more on any of the warriors of light?
1: I wish I could say more about Echo, but all I'll say is that she just looks so happy in her clothes. <laughs> yeah. And how she just pops out. She's like, look at me. Yeah. I mean, she didn't say that, but
0: just. Yeah. No. Just totally. Kind of yeah. Funny. She's she's so happy. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I really want more. From her, yeah, as well, mm, mm. but it obviously the story won't for a while because we're focusing on different something else. so I just hope eventually we get that, but anyway, I agree. Oh, I like how is freaking out about Fushi potentially having a girlfriend, like he's, just, yeah, he's, you know, just wait, really, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and like, and then he's like whispering in his ear, like like that <laughs> dude give me the dudes is it really like <laughs> like dude you're you're doing good <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was really that was really good
1: <laughs> if, if if google is anything he's very supportive
0: yeah oh my god I, I love Google. like sure he's been small like he's been a minor character in these books but like the, these last books right. but it's still been really nice to see him you know being with fushi and directing with fushi and just being himself and all that even though it's small it's it's still. Very good to see.
1: Indeed, and and Bowen also he's also playing a, a pretty big role um, mm. in helping Fushi find those uh, those knockers. Yeah. So you know, obviously crucial. Best janitor ever. It, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's 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 gonna kill it. I I I have a feeling. Um, but that's that's all I have on him. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just want to emphasize again, him. Finding Izumi's mom is, is, is so useful, so, so very important.
0: Completely, yeah. Yeah, he's probably... I, I feel like he's probably the biggest character out of the ones. Or he and Tonari are probably the two biggest ones. Yeah, those two. Out of the, uh-huh. out of the old characters. Mm.
1: March of close third.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so anybody else out of those? Uh, I don't think I do. All right, then let's talk about The Beholder. so this was probably the most interesting or one of the most interesting at the very least parts of this book was learning that he has taken the form of an 11 year old human boy permanently yeah
1: he may have pulled the trigger a little too soon or there's more to it
0: right and like to learn that he has sort of programmed that body to lose all the memories of the beholder and all of that in four years from now and thus, he would lose all of his powers and everything. He would just become a 100% regular human at that point. Like, mm-hmm. so Fushi has four years. And after that, Fushi will essentially be the new beholder of the world. Yeah. So I guess so. I mean, there wouldn't be anybody, like, above him or anybody right. to mentor him or anything like that. So, yeah, man. Um, it's such an interesting reveal. Like, I, I'm... I, I, I still, I, I'm still sort of struggling, like, with, like, sort of understanding, like, or, like, it's just such a big thing, because the Beholder has always been there right. as this omnipotent, like, godlike being, and now mm-hmm. he's about to, uh, he's, he's halfway into, like, not being that anymore.
1: It's kind of scary to think, you know, it, there was, a I mean, yes, we, in the past, we have thought it may be a bit sketchy, but he was still kind of a lifeline. Yeah. And now right. in 4 years you won't have that lifeline anymore.
0: Exactly.
1: So the, there's now a deadline for Fushi to become as omnipotent, uh, uh, omnipotent as he can mm-hmm. um you know before the beholder disappears. Right. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's going to be crazy interesting and I guess part of it has to do with it, part of it could be that the holder, f- it has just surrendered. He's like, "Oh, we've lost. There's nothing we could do." Or it could be that this is the next push for Fushi to get to the point where he can recognize the no- the, the tiny knockers, the bugs, and everything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's necessary for that for this to happen to be that push, but here it is.
0: Yeah, things are much riskier for Fushi now, considering. If Fushi would lose all of his forms to the knockers, like he has done a couple times in the past, Uh then there's, like, there's no way for him to come back. Well, and, and like, let's say it happens when Bond also is... Well, if he has been taken over by a knocker or something like that. So, like, he can't use bonds, Like, Bon can't do what he did in Volume 12, potentially. Uh Like, so... Under those sorts of circumstances, with no beholder around either, it would be over for Fushi, completely.
1: Yeah, four, four years later, yeah, if something right. like that were to happen, uh-huh. it'd be done. It'd be gone. Yeah. Bye-bye. The world would be destroyed.
0: So yeah, as you said, like the deadline is definitely there very very concretely, into like getting much, much stronger against this enemy, which now seems untouchable. So, so it's yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving how high the stakes are now. Even though it's not like an immediate threat, per, perhaps, but it's still right. the stakes are still really high, considering the deadline and considering how much the knockers have advanced.
1: Right. You know what I think about this change for the beholder in general. I mean, besides the fact that he's, uh, uh, well, first off, I just want to say that he's cut himself off from the body. He's given that reconnection ability to fushi. Yeah. Uh which I thought was an interesting way to show that the holder couldn't really teach him that it couldn't tell him about that ability. Right. Um beforehand. Because I I had thought it's like well, why why wait until now to do that? But I guess there was a very good reason for that. So there can only be one of these you know immortal beings fushi like being yeah at a time connected to everything. Exactly. Or at least have that reconnection ability.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's that. But him almost throwing away his uh, immortality for mortality reminds me of how he talked, uh, Bone brings up like what's your reward after all this all the way back in volume seven I think. Yeah. And he says freedom or or was it freedom or?
0: I I think it was freedom. I think Something I think that's like what that. he said, but he said it in a way so that it sort of sounded like it would be freedom for Fushi, but it was also interpretable, so it right. could have been for him. So, yeah, yeah. Right. I also thought about and we, this.
1: And, and we, and, yeah, and we talked about that, and, and I, think, well, I think we're right that
0: this could be
1: the freedom he's looking for, freedom from being the caretaker of the world, mm-hmm. being able to live a human life and maybe experience things that he felt like he couldn't um, as an immortal being. And then eventually pass away, and I don't know if he has a fi or something like. I don't know how that works,
0: but I mean, he is one hundred percent human right now, I, or or, right, or, he or is. maybe not one hundred percent. Or at, in four years, at least, he will be. Oh yeah, good point. Uh, his his body is human, so he should have a Phi, I feel like,
1: but has he? All, but the fi would control the body then, and he wouldn't be the holder. Hmm. So. D- does Fushi have a fi in and of itself? Right. Do they? <clears throat> do they both have, have, have had had fies all these years?
0: Yeah, that's that is these millennia. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But if they did, that would be an incentive to live a human life and then go into paradise and. Maybe he has friends or people he wants to see in paradise. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Right. But maybe he has a dream. Well, yeah, I, I mean... dream,
0: you know? Right. Exactly. Right. To be with some of the people that he lost, similarly to how Fushi lost Perona and Reen, for example. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Uh, why do you think he told Fushi to forget what he saw? <laughs> like...
0: Oh, yeah, there. When... Yeah, I'm that one was a bit strange
1: i mean it was, it was it was very ominous
0: i wonder maybe at that point he hadn't really made up his mind to even reveal himself at all to fushi in this child form maybe he had just maybe his plan at that point was just to just leave things as they are and just at, from then on start living as a as a human but maybe he just couldn't resist to interfere that one time or something mhm i don't know
1: i feel like it would be a bad idea to not let Fushi know four years is your deadline. Yeah,
0: you're right. You know yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But obviously he's an all knowing being, so maybe he <laughs> understands things better than I do. Uh um, maybe. He also is a fictional character. Let's not forget that, James. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do have a point there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you think do you think he's hiding something? I, I think Yuki implies that Oh yeah. The beholder might be hiding. That there is this ability to find the knockers. I feel like yes. Mm. I don't know. Again, I don't know why. It just. You're so difficult sometimes, Beholder. He uh-huh. is. <laughs> yes. But what do you think?
0: Uh, I'm going to say no.
1: Okay. I, I, okay. I
0: don't think he's keeping anything from Fuji right now. Bond was asking some pretty specific questions, and I don't think the Beholder would have outright. Lied about those answers I think mm. if he had Known anything he would have told But he basically couldn't Really answer any of those questions That Bond was asking in that scene And that makes me f- That makes me think that the Beholder is Largely in the dark on this as well And maybe Maybe he's too proud to admit it But perhaps he did indeed You know Take this form prematurely
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> kind of goes back to Bone's whole thing where, where
0: Fushi was looking for
1: the uh, Beholder and he's like oh he's probably too embarrassed <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's got to exactly. come out because <laughs> right. laughing at him
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I could see that being poten- potentially the, the case here but yeah like I, I, I probably at this point at least I choose to think that he isn't keeping anything away from Fushi right now gotcha yeah anything more on the Beholder
1: Nope.
0: Let's finish this off by talking about the knockers. If there's anything more, we have touched on them largely throughout the discussion, and let's see if there's anything yeah. remaining. Well, the beholder says that like the amount of them of these microscopic knockers is immeasurable. <sighs> like how many is that? <laughs> like that, that Good feelings crazy. Destroyed. Right? Like
1: obliterated.
0: Yeah, that, that, was, that was a very, very scary reveal. And it seems as if, though, the Knockers have chosen, chosen to coexist with humans for whatever reason. Mm-hmm.
1: But in turn, that means they lost, which is an interesting way to put it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does because it does mean that Knockers coexisting with humans, I mean, they ultimately do have to kill a human to take over its body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or un- unless they take over a body that has died from other means, which technically was the case with Izumi, and potentially was also the case with that guy who fell off the bridge, as you pointed out.
1: Izumi, like we don't, Izumi could be done by another knocker, but the guy on the bridge.
0: Yes. Well, no, but I mean, or okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the knocker in in, in Mizo has arm, fair. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we don't know for sure there, but yeah, like it's, mm, yeah coexistence is is a tough word to use potentially because if they if they right kill humans to take over their bodies then i don't know if it's really a coexistence as much as it's like a an infiltration mm-hmm. maybe
1: I just, what does that mean for the knockers and their and their purpose i think you brought this up before and and i and i just have a, some questions slash theories mm-hmm. that i kind of want to put out yeah why? Why not just become human like the other five that you know, come to Earth, are born, right, and then experience life? Why not? Why not? Why not that? Obviously, they're they're afraid, or they they don't want the pain and the suffering part. Yeah. So, if that's still their go- if that's still their mentality, they want to experience life without pain and suffering. So that being said, maybe the knockers are just all these you know fi that are controlling these bo- bodies that die and just keep on living forever um but mm. they don't experience pain Um, as we see with mimori it doesn't seem like she was in pain just very scary oh i mean or well i i guess stuff of nightmares
0: yeah i guess like her face didn't show pain but fushi felt the pain so but
1: i Again, I think that goes back to the body was in pain, right. not the knockers.
0: Like that, like yeah, right. That 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 would that would that would make sense as to like why they would choose this method of taking human forms as opposed to, or I I guess there would be two reasons for them to use this method to become human as opposed to just letting their five be born as humans, because it would first of all be this if the, if this is how it works that this way they can avoid feeling the. Pain of the flesh, if that's what one thing, then Mm -hmm. that 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 would make sense for sure. But the other reason I I I think why they wouldn't just be born again, or or not necessarily again, but just be born as as humans, would be that if they were, they would forget their objective. I think, right? Oh, because or like at least they wouldn't have distinct memories of it.
1: Yeah, I mean they 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 would have the objective, but they would they but at that point their objective has changed. If they're if they're coming into the world. If fire is coming to the world to be born, like their, their objective is different.
0: Exactly. It, it, was, it was change, changed in some sense. I, I, I feel like sh- surely we know that certain objectives and, and wants can be carried on. But at the very least, we know that the personality will change. Like the person will be a different person. So somehow things would change for them. So maybe they don't want to go through with it that way either for, for that reason as well. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, it's so interesting. This whole thing,
1: and I find it interesting that they're also able to heal the body, like like they are, you know. They're not fushi in that sense, but yeah, it's like, how are they? How are they able to do that? Are they just manipulating the cell, the cells to mm-hmm. heal rapidly?
0: I, I yeah. I mean, they they've been able to control plant life and stuff very very effectively before, so. I guess this is just the next step. Like they can now, yeah. they can now make flesh right. grow as they please, sort of. I, I guess. Wow. I guess. I mean, it is talk about evolution, it, right? It's, it's incredible. Uh, and I've been thinking sort of about what their current goal could be, um, and that it's, or at least my guess right now is that they it, it's to continue to infesting humans, like secretly becoming and impersonating humans until there are no humans left alive i mm-hmm. i guess like cuz we know that, that that is their goal they want to rid the world of of phi within flesh they want to free them yeah right kind of a thing. so with this new new types of knockers these microscopic knockers they like if, if they just continue to to do what they have done to izumi and to uh, Memory. Then, eventually, every person on Earth will be. Will be like them, and then there won't be any actual humans left alive. So I right. that's my thinking as to what their goal right now is, and just to taking. Oh, I
1: I, I think the same. Thing, sort of yeah. taking
0: their time with it, like because they at this point they can't really be affected or they can't really be stopped. Um.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, hopefully, you know, Fuji will find a way, but. But yeah, if they just continue like this, then they will definitely win.
1: Right. Because I don't think it's necessarily a situation where you'd leave the knockers alone and leave you alone. No, they won't leave you alone. As as we can, I, I feel like Izumi and and Musaha is evidence of that, that for some reason or another, the knockers felt like that was a time to kill Izumi or whatever. At least that's my opinion. Obviously, we don't know that for a fact, but you know they I guess they just buy their time until people die, or, or something like that, and mm. I obviously don't know all the details, but it's it's not yeah, I don't think it's a situation where these beings are benevolent in any way. I think they're like you said, biding their time in right. just one by one
0: exactly because by instead of just killing them straight up, killing the humans by uh, by by taking their forms instead and impersonating them and just continuing their lives as they were that way they can they can avoid being detected as easily and they can pretty much avoid conflict altogether potentially um yep which which is you know very a very smart plan and yeah uh, of course fushi is wise to them now to some extent but yeah he needs to find a way to counter that yeah, yeah.
1: The power of love. <laughs> Is
0: that, yeah, but dude, maybe that will be it. <laughs> I don't know how. No, dude, me neither. But, but maybe that will be it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A boy can dream. So, yeah, I, I think that's it for me for all of the characters. Do you get anything more on, on on the knockers for anybody else? No, I don't. All right, then. What else do we got to say about this volume? I I guess, well... I'm, as you said at the beginning, it's it's great to be in, into the present day and being two books into it now, it, it feels it feels awesome. And Mizuha is a lovely new character.
1: <laughs> I I really do hope that we have the the love section or, Luna about love that'll kind of be the theme of this next volume. I hope absolutely. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I'm kind of like in the dark don't know exactly where where they're going to go with this love thing, per se.
0: Right. Precisely, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of ways it could go. And, like... Because we're shipping Mizuha with, like, potentially three different characters now, being Yuki, Hana, and Fushi. And, and well, I mean, we're shipping Fushi with Tonari, but also, to a degree, with Mizuha. So, they're, like, there there's a lot of ways things could go on that front, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see.
0: Absolutely, for sure. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just really, really excited, and I can't wait to get uh, volume 15, or to get my hands on volume 15 eventually. Hopefully, really soon, so that I can read it, and so that we can talk about it. But, but yeah, that's, uh, that's it for, for now. Yep. Yeah, so if you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our shows on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. If you like this episode, please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 15. Bye-bye. See you later.